Welcome back to the Warrior Hockey pregame show on WMCK. Joining us here in the pregame, it's always great when we have an opportunity to talk to the broadcasters for the other team, and one of the best is John McGraw from Colgate. He is the uh, venerable Colgate play-by-play announcer. And, uh, John, first of all, uh, tell us about your experience with the Class of 65 Arena. We talked with Don Vaughn about it last night. Um, you know, your perception of it and, and what it means for, for the uh, Colgate program. Sure. Uh, first off, Mike, thanks for having me. Um, I guess... The first time I walked in, I, I couldn't believe it. It was almost like a kid walking into a toy store for the first time and just looking around, and I was in awe. It is absolutely magnificent. They did a wonderful job with it. Um, I don't think they could have done anything better. It is, uh, you know, it's the perfect size, all the modern amenities of what Star Rink was lacking, and I think certainly it's going to give not only the uh, athletics program but the university as a whole a nice showpiece to uh, show to prospective students and other people just about uh, what Colgate's all about. Well, looking at last night's game, a 4-3 to three win for Merrimack. Close game, you know, back and forth. Colgate kept battling back. That's one of the things, you know, we thought we would expect to see coming into the game, and they certainly did that. Uh, probably, you know, falling behind early was an issue and, and maybe losing some of the battles. Earlier in the, in the game, I thought the third period was their best, but it didn't turn out to be enough. Well, yeah, you know, I, I think the goal early really took a little bit of starch out of them. The crowd got into it, and Merrimack kind of feed it off the crowd, like probably like what you guys saw up at St. Lawrence last weekend. St. Lawrence in that building feeds off the crowd, and I think that, you know, Colgate's a young team. You, you look at down the roster, and there's three guys with 100-plus games, and then there's upperclassmen who have played 60, 70 games, so the experience maybe isn't there in the first time on the road in a hostile environment, you know. They came back strong in the third, and I thought that they would because that's one thing about Don Vaughn teams. They never give up, and they do keep coming. And there was still a chance at the end that they possibly could have tied it with the uh, goalie out. It didn't happen, but I'd expect a bounce-back effort tonight, definitely. You know, there were a lot of things I, I liked about what Colgate did last night. Going hard to the net, you know, you know, trying to get in dirty areas, getting to some pucks. There were times that it paid off, maybe times that it didn't. And, uh, you know, both teams really were battling in that regard. But I, but I think that those are the kind of things that you can build off of and, and uh, you know, they give it a good indication maybe of how this team is going to be this season. Oh, certainly, and I'm sure Don talked about it. We don't really have a lot of guys that are going to come down the wing and rip a wrist shot. We don't just have purely talented goal scorers. Those guys all graduated last year. They're now playing pro. So what they're going to have to do is get pucks in from the blue line and get dirty, score those gray area goals, get right to that front, bang in rebounds, do the little things in the corners they are going to lead to offense because they just don't have the goal scorers to do that this year. And it's a work in progress. I mean, you know, against UConn they had four goals, which is very good because Rob Nichols obviously is a standout goalie. And then last night they had to kind of fight, scratch, and claw for everything. They had the one nice goal from Weberg on the power play, but the other two just simply from hard work. And, you know, that'll be the theme throughout the season, just trying to uh, to piece together goals. And uh, small ball, if you will, to use a baseball term. Yeah. You know, when, when you get a power play goal a game, if you're able to, then that's the kind of thing that can often, uh, you know, it's a good thing to see. But when you're getting 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 power play chances in a game, you, you, you come to expect more than that. I know both these teams really still trying to get things going on the power play. What, what have you seen from the Colgate power play and, and what they need to do better? Uh, the the Colgate power play. Um, I was looking this morning, and they've had something 34 power plays coming into the uh, game, which through four games last year they didn't hit 34 until league play, which was the second week in November. What was lost from graduation was essentially a power play group that was together for three years, and so this year they're essentially almost starting from scratch, kind of on the power play with uh, a lot of different guys in different areas. So it's definitely a work in progress, much like the team. Um, I'm curious to see how it kind of evolves. Um, Adam Dowd has been really key on the power play. Uh, played strong last night. Sebastian Weberg, I think if he can get going, he'll be um, a sneaky little power play scorer. But 
I think it's going to be something where over time it may get better, but right now because of what was lost from graduation, the Spinks, Borkowski, Murphy, all guys that were basically part of one power play unit with uh, Kyle Bond who was up and down of the Blackhawks, it, it's tough to kind of replace that. And what you're seeing is basically the uh, result of just not having had guys in those places in the last few years. You know, you mentioned Dada. He was one of the guys that I liked last night. Uh, you know, Adi, I thought looked good. You also had Cockrell. You know, he had a goal as well. Uh, who are some of the guys that you've liked us early on in the season so far for Colgate? Well, coming into the season, I think in terms of the freshmen, definitely Cockrell, McMahon, and Penner were the three to watch out for. Bobby obviously was the uh, the AJ MVP last year out in Alberta. Jared played in that same league. They both had 36 goals. Jared played for a really strong Brooks team that uh, I believe went to the RBC Cup. And then Tyler came in as a, a strong candidate from the Manitoba Junior League. Very good player. Uh, scored 35 goals, I believe, second to last year of Junior A. So those were three guys I kind of pegged coming in. This year, early on, I think some of the seniors have played key roles. Uh, Tim Harrison, who, when he can stay out of the penalty box, not because of the lack of effort per se, but if he can stay out of the penalty box and stay out there, I think he'll be a key scorer. And Evan Peterson really got going against UConn, scored a couple of goals. He had nearly 100 points his last season at Junior A. He's finally, I think, starting to make that step up when you see maybe a guy be a, a sophomore role player to somebody that kind of realizes they have to be the big man on campus and start scoring goals and contributing. Yeah. What's your take on the whole situation with the uh, the renewed emphasis on interference and obstruction type of penalties, the calls? We've seen an awful lot of penalties, but, uh, uh, you know, it seems like maybe it's slowly getting better. At the same time, we did still have a lot of calls last night and a lot that were of that vein. Uh, what, what, I mean, do you think in the, in the end this is going to end up being a good thing? Oh, boy, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's been difficult early. Um, we've had... I believe four or five on threes already had to defend two or three five on threes. We haven't seen a lot of flow either ways. I think eventually it will get better as teams and officials kind of adapt to stuff. And I know that the kind of party line has been, oh, well, you know, the players are going to have to adapt. We're going to keep calling the same things. Well, at the same time, I don't think the referees want to have their arm up there every five seconds because it's doing nothing really to help the game. To be honest, it wasn't that bad before. I mean, you look back to the last time they really cracked down, and yeah, it was probably was bad and needed to change. But last year... I don't think it was necessarily terrible, but we'll see. I mean, it's still early, and I think that's what people kind of have to realize. The Ivies haven't even started yet for uh, ECAC hockey playing games. Yeah. So I think once we kind of get more in November and December, maybe it'll it'll kind of come down a little bit. Our teams will start to realize, hey, maybe I don't want to slightly impede that guy. That said, last night you still had the ticky-tack stuff that's getting called. Like you bump somebody and maybe your stick's not in the appropriate spot. You're not doing anything illegal per se, but you still bump them and that's a penalty. And I find that to be ridiculous. And hopefully they can get rid of some of the ticky-tack stuff that while technically is a penalty according to the rule book, it doesn't need to be called in situations where it's already maybe four on four to begin with. Does that you mentioned the Ivies? Does this put them behind the eight ball in, in, in some way because you know they're going to start later than everybody else and and they're going to have to jump into it and I guess you know you know take a few games to learn what the other teams have learned and you know maybe like Merrimack is going to host Cornell next Friday night. Right. Maybe Merrimack's got a little bit of an advantage having uh, you know gone through games with these officials for a few weeks. You know I don't know. I mean the Ivies always start late, so I think. Uh, They'll kind of figure it out quickly. I know Cornell's playing exhibition games this weekend, so that's obviously going to help them. They played Ontario Tech last night. Um, and maybe for some teams it will that maybe don't have the opportunity to scrimmage. Um, it could be difficult at first. That said, those are all coaches at those schools that have been there for a while, and they kind of know to impart to their players that, hey, look, you know, they're going to start calling these things, so you guys have to be careful. And we'll see. I mean, you know, it'll be interesting to see for Cornell, a team that uh, has 
built a very good defensive reputation of uh, playing shutdown hockey in its own end, how the Big Red can kind of adapt without uh, doing maybe some of the things along the boards that in the past haven't been called and shouldn't necessarily be called, but they may be called now, so that, that'll be curious to see. But, you know, we'll know. I don't think it hurts the Ivies too much, but uh, only time will tell, I guess. Yeah. All right, so tonight it'll be game two, Colgate at Merrimack. You know, we had the goal that was disallowed last night, to, to just a bad luck with the official having uh, not lost sight of the puck and blown the whistle. Otherwise, it's at least a tie game, but, uh, uh, you know, very close game last night. What do you see tonight? You know, I expect it a little bit different of a Colgate team, and uh, looking at the line sheet, Don Vaughn has mixed up the lines a little bit, just looking, trying to, to, to find some combinations. And I talked to him before the season, and, you know, he really said these first few weeks, you know, even into late October, we're still going to be trying to juggle for league play. So nothing's said at this point. So I think, especially after last night, the way kind of things went down and how poorly at times the team played, I think you're going to see a much better effort. That disallowed goal obviously took a lot of starch out of them. Uh, as you go from 2 2 to being down 2 to 1, you know, it. It's a much different game, but that's not the reason that Colgate lost. But I definitely think we'll see a better effort, um, and uh, we will see kind of what they do. I mean, it's still a young team with uh, a lot of guys that haven't necessarily played together a whole heck of a lot, so, you know, who knows what will happen. Ideally, though, if you're Colgate, you go on the road. Even if you lose the first one, you want to win the second one, so it's a happy bus ride back to Hamilton. All right, well, either way, we hope it's a safe bus ride, certainly. John, thanks a lot for joining us. Have a good call on the game tonight. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, Best of luck to you as well. All right, that's John McGraw, Colgate play-by-play man. We'll be back with more right after this on WMCK. John will have his pregame interview with Merrimack coach Mark Dennehy. This is Warrior Hockey.